welcome to Miracles and Wonders, the podcast that helps you create more miracles in your life by looking at the world around you in new and wondrous ways. In this series, I'm interviewing the authors in a new collaborative book, The Miracle Mindset. Hi, I'm Diane Lund, best-selling author, entrepreneur, creative director, writer, producer, and reverend focused on a teachings in A Course in Miracles for many decades. Miracles are defined as a shift in perception in A Course in Miracles. Instead of thinking from fear or negative thinking, we turn our thinking upside down and we think positive thoughts. We think from a loving base. In The Miracle Mindset, each author starts their story with an opening couplet that embodies how they change their mind to change their life. So I'm here with Margot Ware, who is one of the authors in the collaborative book, The Miracle Mind series of stories that we are just completing and will be launching The Miracle Mindset April 7th. So thank you, Margot, for coming on the podcast today. Well, thank you for inviting me, Diane. It's always a pleasure working with you. And I truly feel honored and privileged to be included in this collaborative work. Thank you so much. Margo and I have known each other for almost a decade. We know each other through another organization, Business Network International, where we do business together and have for quite a few years. And so uh, Margo has definitely heard me stand up in front of the room and tell a few stories. And I even remember, Margo, you saying to me one time, you should write some of those stories down. Yes, and I remember I, your, your tomato story particularly, and I thought that was an excellent story you really should share with the world. And I haven't shared that one particular story, but I do remember saying to you, yes, I absolutely will. That's one of my goals is to uh, share my stories with the world because I do believe people remember stories. And so having a collaborative book full of stories, you know, not every story will touch everyone, but, you know, you will remember the story. People don't remember facts and figures. They really remember the story. So Margo, I know you, but our listeners don't. So can you say a few words about uh, yourself and what you do in the world? Sure. Thanks so much. Um, Yeah. As as you mentioned, my name is Margo Ware and I am the owner of a local home healthcare company by the name of Shiloh, Shiloh Home Healthcare. Um, I actually first got to know the company about uh, 35 years ago when my own mother was sick and uh, we wanted to keep her at home um, during her end of life care. And I wasn't a nurse at that time. So I needed some support. And as the world has a funny way of putting people in your path, my mom had gone to nursing school years ago in Toronto with a lady who was in White Rock currently working for Shiloh. So she said, well, call Shiloh. So I did, I reached out to the company and they, they came over and um, they helped us. And, and we managed to keep mom at home and keep her comfortable until she passed as was her dream. And um, during her illness, the light bulb went off in my head and cause I had been on the path to go into the financial field because I always enjoyed numbers and math and and calculations. But um, I realized that didn't make me happy. But providing service to others, nursing was so rewarding. I knew right away, this is what I need to do in life. 
And I reached out to Betty, who uh, owned the company, is the founder of the company, and said, is there any way I could work with you? And she actually hired me that afternoon. And I started working for the company as a companion, and I just loved it. I was around seniors. I was blessed to grow up with seniors in my, my house when I was young, and I loved their stories. And I just knew this is what I need to do. So I pursued my education, became a registered nurse, became a certified geriatric nurse. Um, and I've been doing it for uh, 30 years now, and um, I'm just so happy that I ended up going into nursing because, um, funnily enough, my mom was a nurse and her mom was a nurse, and it was the one thing I always swore as a child I would never be, and yet it's the thing that's probably brought me the most joy um, and satisfaction in life. Wow, that's a, that's a wonderful story, isn't it? You know, I always tell young people they're worried, you know, am I picking the exact right profession? And I say, well, just pick, because once you get in it, you'll either get this feeling this isn't for me, or this truly is for me. And the right thing will find you, it just will, you will attract it because of what you are the person you are. So I'm not surprised that nursing came to you. And I'm so glad you didn't go into the financial end, although I'm sure now running a company, having that financial background is also helpful. Well, you think so, but but I often say I'm a great nurse, but I'm not so I'm not sure I'm such a great business person because all of the decisions I make in my business come from the nurse in me, not necessarily the business person. So I always do what I think is right for the client, and it might not be the decision another business person would make, but it makes me sleep well at night. And I think that's what's important. I mean, I didn't. Um, I have a business, Creative Wonders Communication, that I've had for thirty years but I never wanted to be a business person. I just wanted to help people uh, in their businesses by doing creative writing and producing. I didn't want a company because my dad was an architect. I saw what running a company did to him. It, um, it wore him down and it took him away from what he loved, which was architecture and took him more into uh, disputes with the city about lands and rules and regulations and yeah, it's interesting. I think that uh, the book, the the E-Myth is a great book for people out there who are listening to look into because it does talk about that entrepreneurial myth. We think that going into business, we'll get to do um, architecture, but sometimes you end up being a business person and doing all kinds of different other things besides that. So there's lots of learning uh, with a business. And now that I've had my own business for 30 years, I, I love it. I absolutely uh -huh. love it. And so, and I realized that I was kind of in that soup, the entrepreneurial soup as a child. I was watching my dad run a business. I was going with my dad sitting in his office as a little girl. And I think that creates partly who you are. So you were in a family that was all about nursing and you're thinking, no, no, that's not for me. I'm in a family that was all about small business and entrepreneurial. And in the end, that that helps to create who we are. I just think it does. Absolutely. It's funny. I often think, you know, we have the, the greatest plans in life and we think, okay, I'm going to take these steps and this is where I'm going to be in five or 10 years. And yet, if you look back in five or 10 years, you're 180 degrees from where you thought you were going to be. You know, life just takes you in a different direction. And um, I mean, for me personally, I'm happy that the direction life took me because I think this is where I'm meant to be and this is what I'm meant to be doing. So thank I'm goodness not. life took over and made decisions for me. 
Yeah, I think that the, you know, let's call it the higher power, the universe, the force, whatever words make you happy, always wants the best for you. And it is always trying to nudge you, give you little signposts or hints to sort of push you in a direction because it knows who you are and it wants to hook you up with the best possible uh, place for success in life. So always look for those little signposts, uh, listen to those little inner nudges like, oh, I thought this was going to be good, but this doesn't actually feel good. Sometimes I, I tell myself um, when I'm doing something, I think, okay, Margo, just buckle down. There's got to be an important lesson in here somewhere. There's a reason that the, the universe is putting you through this challenge. Mm -hmm. um, maybe this is something I set up for myself to face in life. I don't know, but I always tell myself there's a lesson. So just get through this and learn something and, and put it in the past. Absolutely. There's always a lesson. I mean, I don't think there are many people on the planet who uh, were thinking, oh, I know what I want to do for the next couple of years. I want to sit through a pandemic. Oh. I, 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 it wasn't in any business plan I wrote. <laughs> no, it's certainly and being working in healthcare through a pandemic, uh, lots of learning opportunities there. Exactly. And I think um, life throws you the curve. The pandemic is for the whole world. One of the gifts I see in the pandemic is it's showing us that we're one. There's not, you know, it, it didn't follow the borders. It just says, okay, you know, I remember when it kind of started strongly in Italy. It 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 didn't, you know, just stay there and, and in Europe. I mean, it went everywhere. Yeah, and it wasn't it just over there. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't just over there. And so we see that we are all interconnected and there is no way I don't believe the pandemic will go away if we don't share with our neighbors. No, you know? no absolutely. It, it can't be a first world um, issue where we get vaccinated and, you know, to heck with the rest of them. Mm -hmm. I think the other thing that I've noticed um, as a, a great positive from the pandemic, if you're looking for the positives, is appreciation. How much we appreciate things that we didn't even think about. I mean, three years ago, you thought, oh, let's go to a movie tonight you know it was great now we're like oh my goodness I can go to a movie again like what a treat but so appreciative that we can do these things have those you know freedoms and opportunities that's a, such a great point because we've spent a lot of uh, family holidays without family um, we maybe saw them on zoom or whatever but I have a great big table in my dining room and I like to seat 20 people around it I'm one of those people who loves to do big dinner parties. And uh, most of the holidays in the last couple of years has been two or three people there. Yeah. So I am so appreciative when I can see my family and bring them all together. It's just. Yeah. Our, our uh, 25 pound Turkey turned into a pair of Cornish game hens this year. So different situation. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, a pair of Cornish game hens. Yeah. That's funny. So I did, uh, because of my connection with Margo, invite her to think about adding a story to the Miracle Mindset. So Margo, what interested you in coming into this collaborative book? Well, as you mentioned, I, uh, we've known each other for almost 10 years, and I've had the pleasure of, of working with you professionally um, and also consider you a personal friend. And I've seen what you've done in your previous books. And when you first reached out to me, I thought, oh, this is great. I, I would love to share some stories. It's always been a dream that one day perhaps I'd even write a book, but I don't have the time right now to take on that challenge. So being able to participate in a collaborative effort was absolutely perfect. 
Um, and when you, you said, do you want to share a story? I sort of said yes before I even knew what we were sharing stories about. And then when you said um, it was about miracles, well, I first, out of my ignorance, thought, well, I'm not sure anything miraculous has happened in my life. Um, but when you explained to me and educated me that, that the miracle is a shift in thinking, and uh, we talked a little bit about it, and you used the example of you know changing from coming from a place of fear to recognize opportunities, I thought, oh yes, now that's something I've experienced very deeply um, through some tragic losses I experienced at a young age, and I had to make some serious decisions. You know, I grew up in a big family, and and suddenly, you know, my parents and grandparents were gone, and my brothers had moved on, and here I was, 21, and on my own, and and I had seen people, including people in my own family, that thought, well, not thought, but because of the losses we experience, um, turned to drugs or alcohol or used it almost as an excuse or a crutch. Well, you know, life is dumped on me, so I can't do this or that. And I thought, no, I, I can't go down that road. That's not the road I, I want to go down. And, and of course, I was afraid. Of course, I had so much fear and grief, and it seemed overwhelming. But what I chose to do is I thought, okay, I no longer have my parents physically beside me, but I have the lessons that, that they taught me in my first 21 years of life. And what I need to do is I need to find people who are going to be there as my parents would have been. So I, I looked for new mentors in life. And of course, Betty, who I'd met through Shiloh um, and her nursing supervisor, Linda, um they were kind enough and i'm not sure how much was me reaching out to them and how much was them just being incredibly kind human beings and recognizing that i was a lost young woman um and they went from being my employers and supervisors to friends to to family really um and they've guided me because you know i i only had the privilege of my parents for 21 years but of course i've known you know knew betty for 35 years and i've known linda going on 40 years so um, that was the decision that I made, even if I didn't realize I was making it at the time. But when we started thinking about writing this book and I looked back at it and I thought, well, I did make a good decision. Um, now I can see that in hindsight. And perhaps if I share my story, like you say, it, it won't connect with everybody, but maybe it will connect with some people that are going through something scary in life. Um, and they'll they'll maybe get something from my story and realize, don't just let the grief and the fear and the sorrow overwhelm you. Yes, you're going to feel those feelings. Absolutely. But find a way to get through it and find people who can support you in a positive way to keep making positive decisions. So your life will move forward the way it should. Right. So can you just say a little bit about your story? Because I know you've mentioned it there, but maybe chronologically people didn't quite understand. So just tell us a little bit about what happened. What were the losses in your life? Oh, sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I was very, very fortunate. I grew up in a, a big family. Um, so when I was growing up, I had two parents. I had three older brothers. Um, we had three grandparents living with us. Um, my dad's mom and my mom's mom and dad. So it was great. There were, you know, three generations in the house. And then my mom was always bringing home, we called them the spares, because at any Christmas, we usually had some extra folks sitting around the table that, you know, mom was helping for whatever reason. 
um, usually young people that were going through a challenge in life and, and she would support them until they got back on their feet. So that was great. I mean, it, it, you know, looking back, um, it seemed like an idyllic childhood. We were out, you know, running around, riding our bikes and always coming home and sitting around, like you say, the big table with the family there and Sunday dinner with all the grandparents. And then when I was, um, my first grandparent passed away when I was about seven um, and it was handled very calmly. You know, it, it was a natural part of life. You know, grandma's getting older, grandma's going to go to heaven soon. And there was no big fear about it. It was just handled, you know, as a very natural part of life. And then the two other grandparents continued living with us. Um, my second grandma passed away when I was about 16 and I was very close to her. She was the one I would run home from school to tell her my, my stories and she'd patiently listen to them. Um, and then sadly, my mom who battled cancer on and off um, a lot of my life, uh, she was diagnosed with her final terminal cancer when I was 20. And being the girl in the family, um, I stayed home to care for her, even though I wasn't a nurse, you know, um, I did it on my own until it got to the point that I needed some help. And that's when I reached out to Shiloh and they sent in the nurses to support us. Um, so she passed on and then um, the following year, her father, my grandfather passed on and about six months after that, my father suddenly um, wow. passed on. So it was a yeah. lot, lot of losses between the age of 16 and 21. And as I say, I went from being in this house full of family and three generations to being 21 years old and on my, on my own and having wow. to decide how I was going to move forward. Wow, that is a lot of loss at a very young age. So we start off um, each of the stories. And thank you, Margo, for earlier talking about the definition of a miracle. A miracle not being something, generally in the population, people think of miracles as something that is uh, beyond the ordinary, that doesn't happen to everybody. But from A Course in Miracles perspective, we think that miracles happen every day and they happen for everyone. And they are simply a shift in perception, as you said. You're shifting from fearful thoughts, angry thoughts, frustrated thoughts to thoughts that are supportive, loving, and uh, give people hope. So I just want to talk a little bit about the couplet that uh, we put at the beginning of each story. So there's the typical thinking, and then there's what we call the miracle mindset. So hopefully in this couplet, which is the start of each story, it kind of embodies what that shift or that miracle is. So I have it in front of me, Margo. So I'm just going to read what yours is. So I don't want to ask you to try and remember off the top of your head. Um, your, you. your typical thinking is death brings loss, fear and heartache, which obviously it does. And the miracle mindset is death brings opportunity, hope, and love. And so I was wondering if you could just speak a little bit to that. How, like, how did that shift happen for you? Well, as I said, I don't think I was even aware of it at the time. Um, I mean, I, I was dealing with a lot. Of course, there was, there was sadness, um, anger, all, all the usual. Um, I felt completely overwhelmed. But I think what I relied on was I just lost my parents. I was young and I very much wanted to make them proud. I wanted to sort of show the world this is the person that Pat and Bill raised and 
and I'm going to make them proud. And I knew that I needed support. You know, I knew I needed um, older people in my life who I could talk to, who could provide guidance. And luckily, Betty and Linda were there. So um, I don't know if it was a conscious decision. But um, and as I say, I don't know how much was me going to them or me being receptive to their support. But I did turn to them and um, they became my new support. So when I had a question or I was confused about something or I needed to talk, they were the ones I picked up the phone or, or dropped by their house and, and had dinner. Um, I was also a starving student for, for many years after that as I pursued my education. So um, it wasn't unusual for me to show up at somebody's house at dinner time on Sunday and say, oh, are you having roast this evening? <laughs> How lovely. So yeah, as I say, I don't really know. Um, I can't honestly say why I made the, or I know why I made the decision. I don't know that I was conscious that I was making the decision at the time, but looking back on it, I can see that um, I did purposely move in that direction because I wanted to have a life that would be happy for me, rewarding for me. And it what did come from a place of wanting to make my parents proud. Absolutely. Well, I do think that sometimes, especially when we're young, if I think back to my 20s, um, we're just following an inner guidance or an inner prompt. It just feels good. It could be that it just feels good. Or it could be that we keep running into the same message over and over again. Something is twigging. And as you say, it may not be conscious at the time, it may be a looking back, we say, wow, Um, you know, first you met uh, this person from Shiloh, then you met that person from Shiloh, then you applied and they gave you the job that day. I mean, these are all kind of synchronistic moments that at your time, you're not going, oh, wow, this is uh, a miracle moment. No, it's not a miracle moment in that moment, but it's creating that moment where you make this shift to go, I don't want to sit around and feel sorry for myself, although there's probably moments of that. I actually want to live a happy life and I want to move in the direction where it seems like I will, um, you know, supporting people, being a nurse. I see that with you all the time, Margo, that you give great support and I get great feedback from other people about how you're helping them in the world. And I do think that's what people want. They want their lives to be meaningful. Well, thank you for saying that. And I really do find, um, you know, I'm at an age now, I'm, I'm getting closer to 60. And as I look back in life, I realize that what I do find the most rewarding, both professionally and personally, is having the opportunity to be of service to other people. You know, now I, I consider myself extremely fortunate that my job is providing service to seniors. I mean, it, it's like now that I look at it, it's a perfect thing. It's what I wanted to do with life. Um, and I just consider myself so, so very fortunate that that's what I get to get up and do every day. That's absolutely wonderful. So we always end these interviews, uh, Margo, with something that I call my wonder moment. Sometimes I call them my miracle moments. But uh, in my study groups, and I am a reverend, and I, I teach A Course in Miracles, and I am a facilitator uh, to these groups, and what we do is we always pick a inspirational card or a quote from A Course in Miracles at the end of the meetings. And we've done this for decades. And people are always so shocked that the card they pull from the deck seems to be commenting exactly on what they were talking about. And so it's one way to sort of show that we that there's a unity in everything. 
and we may not see the unity at, at one point. It's sort of like we're all on one globe together. We don't actually see the globe, but I'm sure it must be stunning if you go up in a rocket ship and you see, oh my God, we're all on the one, we're all on the same planet. Uh, it's one thing to talk about it or see pictures on it, but when you actually experience something, you actually live through it, um, it kind of hits you, the synchronicity. Uh, so I wanted, I pulled a card. And this is what I pulled. I pulled. I'm excited to hear what you pulled. <laughs> well, sometimes I, I don't know exactly how it works. In this case, it's a very simple one. It says the voice for God or the voice for the universe is always quiet because it speaks of peace. And so I think that just speaks to exactly what you were talking about. Uh, you, you were getting subtle nudges. You were getting um, people talking to you about new things, nursing and other things. And you weren't exactly going, ah, that's it in the moment, but it's quiet. It's those subtle nudges. It's that subtle uh, lining up of things. See, when, I, when, I, when you read that card, what crossed my mind was that's exactly what I was just talking about. Because even though my parents weren't physically beside me to guide me in life, they had instilled hopefully the, the morals and ethics and given me the guidance. And I still felt that obviously it's quiet because I couldn't hear them speaking to me anymore, but I could feel them in my heart. And that's yeah. what guided me was what they had, um, you know, tried to teach me in the 21 years I was with them. Wow. I love that. I love it. So it's amazing how these cards speak to us on one level or another. Uh, it's sort of like poetry. It speaks to each person in its own mm -hmm. way. Absolutely. And yeah, so I just want to say that I pulled a card from my rainbow decks. I have eight decks in eight colors. There's over 400 inspirational quotes. Each deck has 40 cards. No two decks are the same. So you can buy more than one. And if you want to um, get a deck, you can go to Diane Lund miracles.com and i give away a deck each week to someone who joins my closed facebook group at diane lund monday miracles you just go to facebook slash groups slash diane lund miracles ask to be a member and i pick from the new members each week one person to win a card uh, deck so thank you margo for being with me on this call today i've really enjoyed our talk well, thank you so much again, Diane. I enjoy the opportunity and um, I enjoy working with you professionally and I enjoy being friends with you personally. So keep up every, all the great work you do because you make the world a better place. And you too, Marco. And on that note, I'm going to sign off for today. Okay, thanks so much.